Welcome to The Bread of Life, a radio ministry of church, partnership evangelism, and The Bread of Life Church in Boise, Idaho. I'm Joel Van Hoogen. It's my great honor to bring to you God's Word today. To learn more about the significant work that God has allowed us to participate in around the world in equipping evangelists, disciple makers, and church planters, go to traincpe.org. And to find out more about our church in Boise, go to breadoflifeboise.org. If you have laws, you want them enforced, or you get chaos. But do you want God to enforce His laws? If so, you might be in for an eternity of hurt. God's law ultimately weighs over all as a voice of condemnation. All of us, that is, until we break our relationship to the law and begin a relationship with the lawgiver. And that is what has happened to the Christian. Romans 7 verses 1 through 6 says that the Christian has died to the law and has been brought to resurrected life in order to be forever wed to the lawgiver. This is radical, and it is wonderful. There's a relationship I have that's far more deep and far more wonderful that I could never imagine being without, and I don't have to imagine it. It's my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I am His and He is mine forever. I am His and He is mine. And, but I know the reality may come when I'm not going to be married one day to my wife. I don't want to face it, but I'll live with it. But I could never imagine, and I will never have to face the idea of being parted from my Savior. Never. So deep and profound and so wonderful. And you know what? There is a nearness that my wife and enjoy that no one else knows. There's a language we have between one another that no one else appreciates. There's a, a window no one has looked into and upon our lives. And just in terms of our relationship and our intimacy with one another, there's a bond that we have. But however near it is, not so near as I have a relationship with my Savior Jesus. He lives inside of me by His Holy Spirit. And He opened up His heart when He died for me. And He placed me in Himself so that I'm in Him. Such a beautiful, profound, mysterious mystery. Nothing near. Nothing near. The Lord Jesus is nearer to me than my very breath. He lives and He abides with me. And I commune with Him. And as a result... I have a relationship with the one who I don't go to the law to follow the law to somehow measure up and meet him and please him and somehow kowtow to an external standard. I go to the law and I love the law because I love the one who inspired that law. And the one who inspired that law lives in me. And that law is an expression of his character. And I want to know him better and I want to experience him better. And so in the law, I find a trysting place, a meeting place where I get to know him and experience him at deeper and deeper levels. So I enjoy the law, but I enjoy the law in a way that I could never have enjoyed the law when I was apart from Christ. Never have experienced the law when I was unsaved. It changed the whole relationship. Now it doesn't stand over me and say, unfit, unfit, unfit. It stands over me and it comes before me and says, come, encounter me and know me and enjoy me and experience my life and let's live this life together as I abide in you and you abide in me. Married to him. Married to him. That's the language that's being said. This is something that these Christians were forgetting. 
They thought that they couldn't be saved by the law, but then they thought, now I'll just take the law and I'll just start following its rules and I'll be holy and I'll be sanctified by the law and I'll just live under its measures. And what they'd find when they did it was it just coming back, and Paul will say this later, unfit, unfit, unfit. Instead of seeing that the law was a place where they enjoyed, it was like a communal gathering point in which God opens up his life and reveals himself and they can experience him and enjoy him. And Well, it's the next thing you see here. There's a new fruit that's characterized in that relationship. Romans 7, 4b says that you may, you've risen with Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that you should bear fruit to God. Now that fruit that it's referring to is not having children, it's not bringing other people to Jesus Christ, it's, it's talking about the fruit of a developing character in your life that's born out of this new and wonderful relationship you have with Christ. The wedding gift that the Lord Jesus gives to the Christian is His Holy Spirit. And He pours His Spirit upon us so that the Spirit would dwell in us and would produce His own fruitfulness and His own life through us. And that's what it's referring to, this new character that's beginning to come up within us. Now again, when I became a husband, my life began to change. It was a relationship that I'd never known in my life prior to that. Prior to that, all my relationships, to a large extent, were relationships of competition. You know, I wanted to prove myself to my parents. I wanted to prove and I wanted to compete against my playmates and my schoolmates, whether it was in the school grounds or whether it was on the playground or whether it was in the classroom. There was a competition that was going on. And when you got out of school and you're walking home from school, you told tall tales to one another and you're always trying to think of a better tale or a better joke. It was constant competition. And this was happening in the, with my siblings as well. There was a competition that was going on in the back seat. And sometimes that competition would get pretty crazy. And, you know, dad would wrench his arm out of the socket as he's reaching back, trying to grab you and tell you to calm down. And competition. Just trying to prove yourself. And then you marry someone and you realize you're not in competition with her. You're not trying to win. You're not trying to gain the upper hand. You've actually been bound to her so that she's not a competitor, but she's a part of you. And you live to give yourself to her, and she lives to give herself to you. And well, I'm not saying that's easy, but love draws you by this way into a whole development of character. And When you're wed to Christ and you're bound to Christ and He pours His Spirit within you, you're no longer in a contention with God. Before that you are. The Spirit of God is actually contending with you to convince you of your sin and your lack of righteousness and the judgment you're facing. But once you're in a relationship with Him, you're no longer contending with Him. You're in cooperation with Him as He works to develop more and more of His likeness in you. Listen to Galatians 5, 22 and 23 along these lines. And it points out the relationship to the law has changed. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, speaking of fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. This is what the Spirit brings to it, the Spirit that Christ gives to the person who has believed and trusted in Him. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. There's no law that has to be imposed upon you to suppress those things. The law is not against you. Here's what it is. There's no law against us. So you know what? There is a law for these things. There's a rules and commandments God gives in order to stimulate and let those things grow so they might flourish and grow because it's the growth and expression of the character God wants to form in you so you flourish in your life and His power and His life and His 
It's no longer a thing that's drawing barriers to prohibit us and restrain us. It becomes instead a rule that guides the development of our character and channels the expressions of our wonderful, deep, mysterious communion with Jesus Christ. Third, this also results in a spirit-guided service that's expressed in that relationship. So Romans 7, 6 says this, But now we have been delivered from the law that... Relationship to the law here is what we're talking about. That a repressive relationship to the law and that law that comes to speak of our unfitness and of our sin and of our judgment. We have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit, not in the oldness of the letter. There's a new spirit that is alive within us and it, it shapes within us an instinct and responsiveness of service, of service. I, we're on the topic of marriage, and I can't speak to you about other people's marriages, so I have to use illustrations from my own marriage. But as I was looking at this passage and at this section, I remember when we were first married. I was pastoring my first church, and it was a church that was full of a lot of young families and a lot of young couples and a lot of young wives and young husbands, and I was one of those. Our home was in a manse that was on the property where the church was. And the church was a very active church. I was an assistant pastor, and the pastor's philosophy was he wanted that place buzzing all the time. So there's always activity going on. There are always programs and always things taking place. And I was there in my office. And every lunchtime, my wife would come over with lunch for me. And it was a plate of food that was laid out wonderfully. I mean, you know, the sandwich would be cut perfectly. Everything was adorned wonderfully. There was a garnish on it. There would be a drink on it, being a platter, and she'd come bring it to me. And, <laughs> you know, it was just very sweet and very nice, and I'd eat the meal. And, and what I didn't know was uh, all the other young mothers that were watching her bring this plate of her were getting more and more resentful and bitter. And so eventually... <laughs> They confronted her that she needed to stop doing this because, you know, he can go over to the house and make his own sandwich. He lives close enough that he can go over and make his own lunch, and you make him make his own lunch. And if you're going to do that, then you ought to at least barter with him. If you're going to have him do that, then he ought to give you some free time when he's babysitting the kids so you can have a girl's night out. Or, well, you may ought to make him do the laundry sometime. You ought to make him do the dishes sometime. And <laughs> she was rather stunned by the disapproval. All she could say is, I love serving him. I love serving him. That's what the Spirit gives birth to in a relationship with Jesus. We just love to serve him. It's not a burden to us. We're not bartering with him. We're not trying to gain anything from him. I'll do this and this and I'll get your approval and then maybe you'll get me this new blessing or that thing. No, I, I just love to serve him. I've been captivated by his grace and by his love. And I don't know actually why my wife wanted to do that for me because I wasn't. That was an instinct of the Spirit upon her because I wasn't the one drawing it out for my guarantee. But oh, with our Savior Jesus, as you come to know him and experience him, he draws out from us an instinct to want to serve him and please him because he's so wonderful and he's so good and he's so beautiful and he's... And you'll never, you'll never be able to outgive him. You'll never be able to outserve him. But you don't serve because you're trying to get something. You serve because you're pouring it out of the richness of the life of everything that he's given to you and that he gives you. You serve him. J. Vernon McGee shares a little poem that he says he carried in his Bible when he was a student in college. It reads like this. I do not work my soul to save. That work my Lord hath done. 
but I will work like any slave for love of God's dear son. I'm going to serve him. Now, does the law of God, the moral law, have its place in this marriage that we have with Christ? Is this the fruit of growing character? Is this the fruit of spirit-authored service? Does it have a place in bringing us into that fruit and bringing us into that service? And I want to say it most definitely does, but it's no longer to be carried out as an exercise of our flesh, as an exercise of I'll show God how well I can serve Him, and I'll show God how fruitful and good I can be, and I'll measure up. No, it will just say unfit, 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 if you take that direction. No, it's an exercise not of fulfilling an obligation, not of proving yourself, not of wiping out some voice of conscience or condemnation against you. It's, it comes to you as this free disposal and direction. It comes to you directing you into the fullness and the enabling and the empowering and the gracious life of God that's poured out on you because the law now becomes a funnel in which it pours out upon us God's grace and directs us into God's grace because you're not under the law to restrain you and restrict you. You're under grace, the outpouring life of God in your relationship with Him, so you can serve Him and glorify Him. So I just have a couple questions I wrote down at the end that you can just meditate on. What should a marriage to Christ look like in my life? What should a marriage to Christ look like in my life? What should be the spring of motivation for those who secure in that married relationship with Christ? What should the spring of motivation be? for the one who secured in a marriage relationship with the Lord Jesus. What should characterize that relationship? What character will be shaped in that loving relationship? Thanks for joining us at the Bread of Life, a ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. To learn more, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, may God bless you.